0: welcome everyone the christian marauder here so glad you all showed up today i got to ask you a question well how is alice bailey the new age movement Saul alinsky related to the armor of god well today we're going to look at these subjects and a lot more on today's show but before we begin while folks are joining in let me remind you all who are watching on youtube so that you can watch all the unedited shows and help build an alternative media platform before old social media pulls the plug How do I do that you ask? Just click on the link below and join today. Let's amen to that. Now let's get into today's message. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 out of the New King James reads this. Above all take up the shield of faith which you will be able to to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one the phrase above all means in addition to the previous in other words it means all the other pieces of armor are working in conjunction so that you're strong enough and able enough to pick up that shield so you can take up the shield the greek word translated as shield is related to the greek word for door not many people know that it also refers to the large four foot by two foot wide full body shield a roman soldier used in battle for full protection which is a a concave door shape the door was a symbol in the hebrew letters or odiote, meant a doorway an entryway a pathway and how to how to live your life an entryway of a new life to live that's what that word meant back then so This is the shield of faith that is built upon the solid foundations of truth, righteousness, and peace. The Roman shield was covered with wet leather also to quench all the fiery darts that an enemy designed to get a soldier to drop their shield and for Christians to drop their faith. Thus God's shield of faith we are to take up protects us from flaming arrows dipped in pitch that are lighted to catch the shield on fire. And another thing the devil does is like to weaken our faith, so our faith dries up, and our shields become brittle, and he shoots a fiery dart, and they'll catch on fire, we'll drop our shields, guess what, we'll pick up one of his, right? is telling you that's designed to kill you well what does the word faith actually mean in greek and hebrew well the greek and hebrew word for faith all share the same meanings the most common being being persuaded to commit fully to someone or to carry out an endeavor in other words you're sold out committed that's what it means after being persuaded. Another meaning means trusting in someone or something in a covenant commitment. The most overlooked meaning of faith that both the Greek and Hebrew share in context, especially a religious context, means living life loyal and committed and supporting the Lord God because he proves that he is trustworthy, loyal, and supports us, that he has our backs that he saved us through the cross. He proves himself true to us so that we can live life loyal and committed. That's how the Lord persuades us. Well, folks, the last definition of faith is defined as all the sound, rock-solid biblical doctrines of the Christian faith concerning the incarnation, death, burial, resurrection, and salvific work of Jesus Christ. When we lift up the full meaning of faith as our shield, such faith will quench all the fiery doctrines of demons and deceptions shot at us during these trying times. So what do you think of someone who had a vision like this? Because we're going to get really hard and heavy here. I'm going to quote this, and I'm going to tell you the source in a minute. And I, and I kind of add the three dot things to it, so I don't give away who's speaking it right away. But just listen to this vision this person had. One hot night I could not sleep. I walked up and down my room and felt entirely desolate. Suddenly a broad shaft of brilliant light struck my room and the voice of the master spoke to me. I stood in the middle of the room and listened to what he had to say. And he told me not to be unduly troubled, that I had been under observation and was doing what he wanted me to do. He told me that the things were planned and that the life work which he had earlier outlined would start. Quote. Okay then afterwards this same person wrote this i will tell you who this is in a minute wrote this and i quote and i believe in the power of christ to save then and i believe in its thousandfold more today. i know that people can turn from error of their ways and i have seen them again and again find that reality in themselves which St. Paul calls Christ in you, the hope of glory. Upon that knowledge, I stake my eternal salvation and the salvation of all mankind. I know that Christ lives and that, he, that we live in him, and I know that God is our Father and that under God's great plan, all souls eventually find their way back to him. I know that Christ's life in the human heart can lead all men from death to immortality. I know that because Christ lives, we will live also. But I question our human techniques very often and i believe that god's way is often the best and that he often leaves us to find our own way home you, wow people would say wow what a great revelation that lady received about carrying out her message look what her message is it sounds cool wow what a true woman of god that is without even knowing who she is if she were alive today she probably would be a headliner and many christian Meetings and sought after constantly for meetings. She'd probably wear, you know, uh, colors of rays of light like indigo and blues and little gold laces and, uh, maybe a little bit of pink thrown in there if she were alive today. Well, who said these things? Who had that vision? Who said those things? It's Alice Bailey. That's who. And I will be talking more on Alice Bailey after a little bit after in the New Age movement as we get through the uh, Armor of God series because you need the Armor of God, so you got to know what else you're fighting here. So Alice ba- Bailey. Now, who in the world is Alice Bailey? Alice Bailey was born in 1880, died in 1949. She wrote more than 24 books, and she coined the term New Age Movement. Yes, the New Age Movement uses the same terminology as Christians. It has a different meaning. To us, it means one thing, and to them, it's another thing, folks. Just know that. Alice and her husband uh, founded Lucifer Publishing Company and changed the name to Lucas Publishing Company because people didn't like the word Lucifer. Alice Bailey was the mistress of esoteric knowledge and taught on things like vibrations and light releasing and the releasing of secret power of the universe to achieve one's best potential as super people in a new golden dawn, okay? As healers and miracle workers, everyone basically go hum, I guess that's the best way you can put it, through meditation. She was all about making a one world order and a new dawn of man that comes about by contacting ascendant masters, fallen angels who give new revelations to improve mankind by giving them the secret knowledge to improve themselves. So, While well, Alice Bailey laid out a plan to infiltrate the new age thought from these ascended fallen angel masters into the church. Listen, and I'll quote, she taught that humanity was on the threshold of a new spiritual awakening not around the christian church but rather through it she she said the outer layers would initially be kept intact and christian terminology would still be used but the changes would take place obscurely from inside this is quoted from the the externalization of the hierarchy pages 510 and 514. Uh, There's a lot more than I can quote from these works, but I'm just just letting you know. And she says this in these works here. The Christian church and its many branches can serve as St. John the Baptist, as a voice crying in the wilderness, and as a nucleus through which world illumination may be accomplished. I indicate the hope. I do not assert a fact. Its work is intended to be a holding a broad platform. The church must show wide tolerance and teach no revolutionary doctrines or cling to any reactionary ideas. The church, as teaching factor, should take the great basic doctrines and shattering the old forms which they are expressed and held show their true and inner spiritual significance. The prime work of the church is to teach and to teach ceaselessly preserving the outer appearance of order to reach many who are accustomed to church usages. Teachers must be trained, Bible knowledge must be spread, the sacraments must be mystically interpreted, the power of the church to heal, the power of the church to heal, do miracles, must be demonstrated. Howe is further explained, and I'm quoting from her um, uh, works here, that extensual, page 510 whatever, there is no question therefore that the work to be done in familiarizing the general public with the nature of the mysteries of, is of paramount importance at this time. These mysteries will be restored to outer expression through the medium of the church and the Masonic fraternity. When the Great One comes and His disciples initiates, we shall have the restoration of the mysteries and their exorteic presentation as a consequence of the first initiation." Boy, that's a lot of gobbledygook. Um... Uh, she, she agrees with the 2,970 pages of the Yurinta book, which is a new age collections of teachings and sayings channeled by from higher intelligences to people. So, and speaks about you need a thought adjusters to dwell within the people, okay? This is what this book teaches. This book teaches that you how to have thought adjusters, which would be fallen entities, fallen angels, to dwell within them. And through the thought adjusters allow... An individual's higher self to experience a new age of the presence of God. This is just another way of issue of, of entering in a Luciferian initiation, which is taught in many variables. Okay? This and I'm quoting from uh boy. Alice Bailey, Goals of the New Age. It's an internet thing I found on there about that. So if Alice Bailey were alive today, her vision and trances and use of Christianese and terms, she would definitely be a headliner and she'd be top of the teaching heap, wouldn't she not? And people would be really... They would be paraphrasing her works. They'd be paraphrasing the same thing and teaching the same thing. And yet, like Paul says... You know, there's going to be false teachers and false doctrines coming in there. Nobody wants to check anybody out. And, and they'll, these teachings will agree with them. I quoted these before, but I'm going to quote, quote these again. Look at this quote from a Christian book. I have found throughout scripture at least 75 examples of things that the new age has counterfeited such as having spirit guides, trances, meditation, auras, power objects, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and more. These actually belong to the church, but they have been stolen and cleverly repackaged. Then the author goes on to tell us to retake what is stolen from us. This is from the book, chapter 2, of The the Physics of Heaven. This is Alice Bailey's stuff. This is what she wanted in the church to be brought in. Bailey's Bailey's writings were similar to those of Madame Blavatsky's and among the teachings were referred to as advanced wisdom or ageless wisdom of the ancients to be channeled to people. Ageless wisdom is a uh, spirituality that views all the world's religious traditions as sharing a single metaphysical truth and origin from which all knowledge and doctrine is grown. I'm just kind of paraphrasing that. Bailey's vision was to bring about a unified society, a global spirit of unity in religion, different from traditional religious forms. I'm going to quote from the book of uh, the book called The Physics of Heaven again. It says 75 examples that the New Ages counterfeit, such as the spirit guides, trances, meditation, auras, power objects. These actually belong to the church? Come on. That's out of chapter 2 of the Physics of Heaven book. In other words, people are now in the church are teaching that there's some God truth in all religions, and I just shared with Alison Bailey, who said the same thing. There's all truth in religion. Just sort out the bad and get in the good to be in unity, unity, unity. It's the wrong kind of unity, not the unity of love for the brethren it's just, uh, and love for God, you know, loving God as primary in his word and staying true and faithful to him. Now, this is all about something else, being unified with to uh angel guides and astral projection and stuff like that in the church no less listen to what this quote in this book of physics of heaven says many in the church have tended to write off all dabblings into quantum quantum mysticism as blasphemous and demonically inspired however there are a few courageous christians who are beginning to speak up and say wait a minute there may be some god truth that there that really belongs to us that we should know this is the Physics of Heaven, chapter 2. It's location 382 in the Kindle uh, version. I think the 2016 Kindle version. Thus, as it says in Second Timothy four, 3 and 4, chapter, verses 3 and 4 out of the New King James, for there will come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, but accordance to their own desires, because they have itching ears, will heap upon themselves teachers, and they'll turn their ears away from the truth. Remember, the shield of faith connects to truth will be turned aside to fables the devil shoots his fiery darts that causes the church to drop their dry shields by not teaching on fallen angels not teaching on what how the occult has infiltrated the church so that the people who could be fide realistically christians with a real noble motives are caught in this trap to believe clap trap and trash like this they're into trash management they're collecting trash from the devil making their shields there so they'll really catch on fire good right that's how the devil destroys the foundations of the righteous by having us mixed garbage in with christianity the devil will even use fiery darts that use the same terms and even jesus name albeit with a different meaning and uses the bible as a textbook for casting magic to get your gits. From God, your loving servant, who is meant to bow to you and your decrees and declares, not you to him. They teach. uh, Did you know? I'm going to go in this more detail later after we get through with the. You'll understand what I'm getting at here in a minute. I want to share with you later on Alice Bailey, New Age Movement, and the occult, how it infiltrated the church, so you're aware of it, so that your armor can be solid. You know how to operate in it. I'm going to give you practical stuff. And how to combat some of this stuff. You gotta realize that Alice Bailey taught purity and holiness. In other words, you have to purify yourself in order to reach a new and higher level, right? And so you get more secret gnostic knowledge. That's what she taught. You'll hear people who espouse the stuff like the physics of heaven, which is supposedly a Christian book, um, filled with Christianese words and to let your shield down to pick up another shield. Why? So you'll get hit with these fiery darts of deception and boy you're gonna be in a miserable situation, I'll tell you that. So it's all they they talk about purity and holiness and, and so you don't even realize just like Alison Bailey said, I read it up read it before one of her quotes. She talks that she's all about salvation and Christ and all that. She's talking about another Jesus. She's not talking about the same Jesus. I'll go back and read that quote near the end here. What I'm trying to say is these people will use Christian buzzwords and try to get you to drop your shield and pick up stuff out of the occult and saying it's okay, God approved, okay? If Bailey, Alice Bailey was alive today, she'd be all about new revelations, no need for the Bible or little need for the Bible. There'll be more, she'll teach more and more about how to have trips to heaven where you can meet your angel guide and raise up a Superman class of Christians so you join now in teaching anyone that dares question her as of the enemy as does the book physics of heaven in one of its later chapters I'll explain that later you'll see their most prominent members who espouse this type of stuff watch how they dress watch the symbols look at the clothes they're wearing a few years ago as a 2015 or 16 or 17 up in a new york church hillsong church they had the singing cowboy came out scantily clad he's supposed to be the naked cowboy with the guitar in a women's conference now, why a woman's women's conference no different than chippendales was or whatever that 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 strip joint was way way long long ago come on you'll, you'll see them dressing and doing things much like the and bringing stuff and they shouldn't be bringing you will see their most prominent ministers talking about pink or maybe wearing pink hmm. they'll be dressing in blue and indi- indigo purples laced with white and gold you'll see a plethora of peacock feathers as well you'll see gold crowns probably you'll see all types of phenomena and teachings about seven rays of light or seven mountains of this or that um well, the peacock feathers—did you know—represents Gnostic esoteric knowledge, that is from Hera, <laughs> the Greek god Hera. Okay, I bet you didn't know that. A single uh, a peacock feather with the eye on it represents Saturn. I won't get into all that now, but maybe later. This is this is what you'll see happening. You'll see people donning this stuff, wearing this stuff, acting this way, talking about purity and holiness, saying all the right words, but they are off base by a million miles bringing in the occult into the church and justifying it they say that they uh, they'll say things like we know th- about the Bible it's good but has not God said he is doing a new thing in the church today I'll tell you of it this does not God say that you they'll say things like the old is vanishing away you'll hear prophecies about a civil war in the church where all the people who believe in the Word of God are old fuddy duddies and are evil people and need to be put down don't don't hang out with the dry doctrine. That's all the Bible is, is a bunch of dry doctrine. We need to go beyond. We need to be a few for courageous Christians to go on. Fulfilling Bailey's plan to channel the new age to infiltrate the church. It's time to get back to the word of God and sound doctrine so our shields are well watered, so our shields will not be quenched, and we, so that we end up dropping our faith, so we end up picking up another shield. The, the Lord doesn't want us to do that. So let us pick up the true shield of faith in God who shields us by the water of the Holy Spirit inspired by the water of the word, the Bible. Without a solid foundation, the church cannot stand. A solid foundation is Jesus. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. But which Jesus is it? Is it the Bailey's Jesus? Is Alice Bailey's Jesus who is actually a fallen angel? Or the real Jesus who draws you to his word? and draws you to this conclusion as as it is written in second timothy chapter 2 verse 19 nevertheless the solid foundation of god stands having this seal the lord knows who belong to him who are his let everyone who named the name of christ depart from iniquity some translations have lawlessness other translations have rebellion People who know God and God knows them and are strong in the Lord. You may be caught up in this junk, but the Lord's saying, you're going to depart from this iniquity. He'll draw you out. He'll snatch you out of the fire. Yes, that shield of faith thwarts all the fiery doctrines of demons and all those sent to deceive like these. In 1971, a book came out that was dedicated to Lucifer for being the first radical and the title of the book was Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. Saul Alinsky listed 12 rules needed to destroy all existing social norms and order. By doing this, he inadvertently exposed the wiles that the devil uses, such wiles that Paul spoke about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. These wiles are used to attack truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God, and prayer. One rule is to use ridicule as the most potent weapon in order to attack. Another is to make the enemy live up to his own book of rules or standard. This opens the doors of doubt and lets the enemy ride our backs. This reminds me of what I witnessed while I was hiking in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. Twenty horseback riders passed by, and what do horses do best was left all over the trail, freshly lain i was amazed at the number of flies that arrived at this scene so fast as well as thousands upon thousands of festering maggots in the freshly lain horse droppings there and this got me to think the devil likes to ride our backs so we make a mess out of life where his flies can fester and multiply and spread filth around the devil does not want us to wear god's belt of truth nor does he want us to wear the breastplate of righteousness nor does he want us to wear the the gospel shoes of peace the devil does not want you buckling up to live by god's standards of truth that keeps us together that helps us live responsibly before god and each other that teaches us what is truly right and wrong the devil does not want us to put on the breastplate of righteousness that protects us when the devil's allies mock truth by pitting god's standards against each other well god's truth upholds all the implements of god's armor together this is very important because folks we live in a spiritual war a real one where fallen entities create demon zones of occupations like i talked about before that turns life into piles of manure to operate out of notice in ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6 and verses 1 through 9 is all about how to live in proper relationships with one another. Husbands with their wives, and wives with their husbands, and children with their parents, and parents and, and, and parents with their children. How to live well with your neighbors, how to live well with your co-workers, all explained in those verses. Because if not, things can fester. That attracts the flies, because the devil likes to ride our backs, and turns relationships into maggot-infested messes so they can set up shop and depositing their maggots into people's lives to fester and create more demon zones attracting ever-increasing swarms of flies that plague a person follow them around who in turn this plagues the family and ruins the family so the family moves on and becomes a plague in a church and so the church soon becomes a plague of flies to further infest in a town with filth which in turns plagues a province our state, which in turn plagues a country, which from there infests the world. In Ephesians chapter 6.12, Paul reveals that people are not our ultimate problem, but our real struggle is with the Ephesians 6.12 crowd of the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, and the host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Last week, we looked briefly how the devil, while, seeks to replace truth with his spin likewise the lord of the flies sends his swarms to attack righteousness and this begs the question what does righteousness mean well i'm going to define it for you from uh, american missionary guilds uh, dictionary of bible words and thayer's dictionary and a few others and compile them the word translated righteousness means being made right in god's sight by what he has done by what jesus has done so that those whom god makes righteous can be just As one should be in character and their conduct, their moral rectitude, their uprightness, and their actions, doing what is right and proper in their life. That's a big, big, big definition, but basically this word was once spelled right-wiseness, which helps refine the definition even better. You see, it's doing what is right in a wise way. In other words, the reason that God declared us righteous through what Jesus Christ done alone, and not by our own works of righteousness, but by his righteousness, is to make us be able to do what what is right in a wise way. God declared us right due to what Jesus alone did. We become right before God by Jesus doing what is right, to make others right by God's wisdom, by God's wise ways that he... Implemented upon the cross of Jesus. By the cross we are made right in God's sight, and thus wearing his breastplate of right wiseness, we can counter a move against the attacks on God's righteousness. Let's look at how this works. How many of you know uh, we all make trash, that we are trashy people? Parents often tell their children to clean up the room, and what do children do? <laughs> sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't, right? So, the the breastplate of righteousness is designed to protect our vital organs. That's what it was. That was the image on here of a Roman soldier protected the vital organs. It protected the belt of truth of which the implements of uh, everything was attached to, and which held your core together and hold you together. So the breastplate of righteousness was designed to protect our vital organs, the heart, and it involves God cleaning us up inside where we hide our trash. The breastplate protects the heart and the human gizzard, so to speak, the inward parts of a person. And you don't want these to get trashy because one's body can shut down and you die. And guess what? The devil likes to feed us with bacon and sausage, laced with lard, washed down with grease, and topped off with buttery melted cheese that tears up our insides. And the devil's goal is for God's people to hide their trash and get hooked on junk food. How many of you have leftover food in the refrigerator? Later, you discover that that food was years and years old. When company is not coming over and no one's expected, stuff piles up in the house, right? I mean, if you're like any homeowner or you have an apartment, I mean, you let stuff pile up. But soon, if you keep doing that and you never clean up the mess, guess what happens? Mr. and Mr. Roach from next door comes and smells your trash and decides to move on in. Then they call their friends, their aunts, and their and their uncles and the mice and say hey there's a lot of stinky stuff over here in this house hey man it's feast day come on in it's great here in come the critters and your house is infested and they all come out at night man i tell you turn on the lights and all the roaches scurry around and you see how trashy it is soon you have roaches and ants with all their uncles and you have all the mice infesting your home because you let the trash pile up then you get a call some important people are coming by to visit. So so what do you do? You procrastinate. And at the last minute, we move all the trash in the closets. We stuff it in there. We move it under the furniture so the guests cannot see your trash. We do a little bit of dusting. Then they arrive and say, wow, your home looks great. You see, our works of righteousness involve simply trash management. We just move our trash around so nobody can see it. We move it out of sight and we look clean. Anyone visiting thinks you have it all together. Then the little three-year-old Johnny reaches under the couch and out comes last year's pizza box with a mummified piece of pepperoni pizza with a patch of strange green fungus lettuce growing out of it. And Mr. and Mrs. Roach say, Ah, cheese at the cops and scurry out of the box amidst the screams of all the ladies in the room. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. Trash management is not good. Your mess is going to tell on you some day, And one of the devil's wiles is to get God's people into trash management. So he can send his brood to infest our lives. So in turn we infest our churches, which in turn we infest our towns, cities, which infest the province or your country and the world, all teaching you how to manage your trash. Our own righteousness is but filthy rags. And getting rid of the trash And basic cleaning is a wise way to live right before God and man. So the devil doesn't say, I gotcha. That is the purpose of the breastplate of righteousness that we are to wear. So the devil can't say, I gotcha. Because the breastplate of righteousness protects our vital organs, which is held up by the belt of truth that supports our core and holds us together and keeps us together. While the wiles of the devil is to attack righteousness, to keep us from wearing God's breastplate of righteousness designed to protect our hearts and stop our trash management because we can't manage our trash only god can and the devil wants to keep us distracted with trash management so we never put on that the armor of god the devil attacks righteousness in many ways the devil tells us there's no need to live a repentant life before god or live life with jesus as lord over it the devil likes to tell one they are all right with God and with no need to live right before others that it's okay to be trashy because we're under God's grace. I bet you heard that before. There are a lot of comforters out there, aren't there, telling us it's okay to be trashy. While the world falls apart, peoples are slaves to sin, and you want help, and you cannot get prayer or deliverance from your woes from many around you, but only thing you find is a bunch of games. You see, we counter the devil's moves by putting on God's breastplate of righteousness. We let the Lord expose the areas that need cleaning, so we will be made clean, so that Mr. and Mrs. Roach and Mickey and Minnie Mouse no longer infest our lives, I tell you. It's a daily thing. We live we live it daily, hourly, minute by minute, by wearing the belt of God's truth along with the breastplate of righteousness together, so can we let the Lord clean us up inside so we can live as a better reflection of his right wiseness to those around us, praying for those we know who are tricked into trash management? Folks, I want to tell you a little bit more about, about the about the God's righteousness here, man. I tell you, what people don't understand about the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus that we have that came by his work on the cross that made us right in God's sight is for us to be able to live right in wise ways before others. So when they see us, they don't see us as trashy people. We don't have a bunch of trash in our closet. We don't have the the pizza box under the couch that some neighbor or someone inadvertently finds and says. And the devil says, look, you got trash, you hypocrite. So that's how the devil attacks the church. Because the church doesn't want to wear the breastplate of righteousness. They don't want the inner cleansing work. Of sanctification in the heart they don't even want to teach it in the church anymore they want signs and wonders and miracles They want everything but sanctification and being made holy and I'm thankful for those who understand this and know the truth that God wants you to be clean on the inside and he also begs the next question how do we live a right wise life well the book of first John chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 and 10 tells us how if we say we have no sin we are a liar, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to, con- to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. So it comes by confession of sin and re- learning and saying, God, I don't know how to change. Could you change me? Okay, I know many of you have done that. Well, the Lord keeps doing that and asking us a thousand, thousand times. We, we do it, and all of a sudden, one day the Lord says, how's it working for you? And all of a sudden, I tell you how. You come to the end of yourself and suddenly the problem is lifted off, whatever you're going through. That's how it works. That's how the Lord cleanses you. You got to live. Let the Lord clean your heart out. That acts as your breastplate of righteousness and it protects you. Once you start living that way, the world and the devil and the flesh can't say, you got trash.